0: Welcome to the Press Pass podcast. I'm Kyle Coster. My guest today is a very in-demand guest, as of as of recently. It's Dan Kurtz from MyKBO.net, a longtime Korean baseball enthusiast who's really, really seen his stock rise with the interview requests coming in with ESPN's decision to show the league's games six days a week. Dan, thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: So I guess my first question is. Three weeks ago, did you expect to be in this position
1: that you are now? No, Uh, not even two weeks ago, not even up in, not even 72 hours before opening day, because at that point, the, uh, the now announced deal between the KBO and the ESPN showing a game, it wasn't official yet. There was rumors, but it was not official. So, you know, there was not, people were still hanging back. And then as soon as it literally became official that morning of opening day, which was Tuesday in Korea, but Monday morning here on the west coast where i am it just then all of a sudden got hectic got surreal got i've just been blown away at how many people have reached out wanting to know more about the league my site um korea korean baseball it's just been overwhelming unreal it's saturday now i think i don't even know that I, i lost track time track of time because it's been so crazy
0: well you know not to diminish your experience or anything, but I think we've all lost a little bit of track of time. Uh, <laughs> I found myself having a, I have, I have a, I have a newborn and i found myself to be right in that juicy part of the schedule because on the East coast, there'll be some games starting at 525, or I think opening day was around one. And there's a, there's a 50-50 chance that I'm up anyway. And to have live sports then was just, uh, it's been a real blessing actually to have any type of baseball. It's fantastic. But for to be up and feel like I'm watching it and, and very few others uh, are watching it live, I assume a lot of people are going to go for the replay, it has been really cool. Um, I think the most interesting thing about you is you've been doing this for a long time, This is a labor of love. What can
1: you tell me about the site and how it got started? Sure. Just real briefly. I was adopted from South Korea um, when I was four months old. So I was born in South Korea, adopted at the age of four months, came over came over to the East Coast, grew up most of my time in Eastern Pennsylvania. My family is not Korean. They are of German descent, thus the last name Kurtz. I did not grow up around a lot of other Korean Americans at that time. I had only one other Korean American friend growing up through high school. It wasn't until the year 1999 when I decided to take a trip back to Korea with other fellow Korean adoptees. And during that time, it was just like a whirlwind trip. It was like a seven day trip. See the, see the best cultural sites of Korea. But during that time, I think we literally drove past one of the stadiums and they're like, Hey, that's the Korean baseball team. So-and-so. And that's their stadium. And I was, I was blown away because the internet is not what it is today. So I was ignorant. I didn't know about the league in Korea. And I I grew up a sports fan. I'm a Phillies fan. I'm a 76ers fan. I love pro sports. And I was like, what? They have a pro team over here? That's insane. That's awesome. Knew nothing about it because I wasn't exposed to that. Following year, I went to Yonsei University and studied abroad for one year. It was during that fall, like a couple months after being there, my friends like, That I met there. He's like, you like sports? Come on out to this game. It's cheap. They have a lot of adult beverages, which at the time I wasn't quite 21, but in Korea, lower drinking age. So I said, well, that that sounds fun. I'll come out. I like baseball. Let's go have fun. As soon as I get to the stadium, I could tell that this was going to be a fun time just because of how loud it was already. It was raucous. It was like a party already happening before the game even started. Once I entered the stadium, it the way that I remember is like it felt like I was at a concert the whole time because people were just singing, chanting, um, clapping. It was so loud. One of the players, Tyrone Woods, who I later found out who he was, hit, hit a monster home run. The crowd went insane. I don't even remember who won. All I can remember is coming back from that, going, I need to go back again. And that's what kind of hooked me on to learning about the KBO and for the last 20 years it's kind of also helped me keep in touch with my Korean like my birth country Korea so it's helped me try to polish my minimal Korean language skills already but then it's also kind of been kind of like a way that I still keep in touch with Korea whether I'm living there or even from abroad so it's been something kind of fun for that and I try to learn more about the league and help others learn more about the league and that's basically how the site came to be.
0: So let's talk in its infancy how did you collect the information and, and, and try to, what was what was the goal of, of, of what, what sections you wanted? Yeah, obviously you probably wanted the scores, you wanted the standings. What was your level of, um, that you were seeking to inform people? Like what what did you envision it to look like and how has it become more complex over the years? Especially sure. one thing I would definitely note is I got to imagine that the advent of Twitter sent you into a, like a whole new stratosphere because you could share clips
1: that were not being shared elsewhere. Sure. Yes. That social media has definitely played a big part in the interest in my site and even Korean baseball as a whole. But starting out back then I didn't even have a website. I used a free web form template, um, like a, like a message board style website. And I would literally, because I was still learning basically the quote ABCs of Korean. So I had to learn how to read all the basic Korean, um, terms for like baseball or even for the team names and I would just literally place on this message board I was the only member at, at a point where I'm just literally posting here's the schedule for the on Bears here's you know who's the best player on their team and here's his batting average because that's always I, I was able to figure out myself because I'm still learning the language at the time and so I'm literally for the for the first five six years on a message board maybe slowly getting a couple fans that have joined because I you know, would see their messages on like, at the time, Korean English newspapers in Korea had like little message boards themselves. And you'd always see some tourists or fans coming in there being like, hey, I heard there's a game tonight out, out in Chamshil Stadium, who's playing? Or how do I get tickets? And I'd be like, and I try to self promote and be like, hey, check out this message board. And it'd be like, because it was free, it was this long message where like, K, my KBO dot backslash, you know, it is one of those free template things. And I was, after the, after a few years of doing that, more people joined up, but then I decided probably the late 2000s, like maybe I should buy a domain, maybe invest a little more money into it. And so now um, it's gotten to where it is now up until opening day that it's run kind of smoothly i've just basically aggregate news social media I'm, I, I i do mostly twitter actually a lot i have an instagram and stuff like that but mostly just do twitter and that's like you said easy way to share um clips gifs um or however you it i don't know which way you guys say it um that it's just and that's how it kind of took off and then opening day hit and then our my site our site just got just destroyed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was curious. I was curious before that number one, what is the moment that drew the most interest to the KBO before all this? And then what has traffic looked like uh from
1: last year? I I imagine you're up year over year slightly. Yeah yeah. So we're uh probably up traffic by 30%. So the funny part is so because the the KBO games start at middle of the night here. So I watched opening night and then I went I went to bed and that was like 1am, 1.30. I don't even, I don't know if I saw the end of the game or not. Next thing I wake up, I just, you know, I throw up, open my phone, check out Twitter messages. And I get a couple saying like, dude, good news. Your site's down. Bad news. Your site's down. I'm like, huh? And then I went to go check and it was literally like lagging slowly. And so I was like, Oh, and then I was like, Oh, why is it good news? Oh, I guess there's traffic. And then I went to go check the analytics and I was like, holy smokes. I was like, where did why why did we increase? And so we I took a look at it and opening day this year was 27 times higher than opening day last year to my site. So honestly, we didn't have that many people because KBO was such a niche league, a niche sport to people. And so and during this last week, I found out a funny tidbit is that daily fantasy sports, obviously, I knew about that and betting. But I didn't realize how many people were, I guess, fiending for that. And they just needed KBO and not just from the United States. It was around the world. Number Behind the United States, the number two most trafficked country to my uh, site is from India. So that was a surprise to me because I was like, why? And then I realized I got a few more messages going, like, hey, give me some more information. We're from India. We need to know, is this game going to be played today or not?
0: And I would imagine, and that's led to more, I I imagine your inbox has been quite busy with people who want to talk to you to try to either get what they would believe to be your expertise or to hear your perspective. I think that people who are watching the games, we saw you on ESPN too, and they had you because it is an interesting broadcasting situation where they're calling the the games remotely, which is leading to more guests. They had you
1: on. How did you feel about that experience? That was surreal. So I went to school for broadcasting. I went to school 20, 20, okay, I'm old now. Like 22, 23 years ago, I was going to school and my major was communications broadcasting. But I took the radio option. I didn't want to do TV. There's a reason. I was like, I, I got a face for radio. Put me in put me in radio, put me in radio production. I did some on-air, like local pop radio, like hey, FM 97, that kind of stuff. But it had been in my dream when I, I was a little kid to do like sports broadcasting. So obviously my ultimate dream was to appear on ESPN. Never in my never in my dreams would I have imagined that I would actually appear on ESPN and not only appear on ESPN, but talk about KBO baseball here in America. So it was mind blowing. It was also the most nerve wracking interview I've ever done. I put I've honestly post placed my nerves right behind my wedding day because I was just like, I don't do T V. Radio, I'm okay, but with with tv and i know people are watching my friends eventually found out i'm like even though i'm just sitting in my office and it was just in front of an ipad and i'm doing it i just like i froze up and i just like i don't even if i know the answer i i hope that i said the right answer and so now i went back and watch and i'm like yep yeah, deer and headlight moments that was me
0: <laughs> now to be fair that's a very tough spot to be put in for your first television performance like that on that stage because you know, you're dealing with, I mean, we're having a conversation right now over Zoom and it's going rather smoothly. You're, I got to imagine you were patched in and dealing with at least two other people. And then they're also trying to negotiate a game, which I'm sure that you probably had on also in your house. So there are just so many screens conflicting at the same time that, I mean, I feel like anybody who is going to be grading you too critically really needs to put you on a curve there because that seems like kind of a tough spot, even though I'm sure it was fantastic.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I was not expecting to ever show up on ESPN so when they asked that just I was like wow it's an honor and then two holy cow now I get a prep so honestly that night before because it was a I I did a 4 30 hit in the morning that's when I was scheduled to go on I didn't sleep that night I was up prepping the whole time like what are they going to ask me because as a fan myself I don't feel comfortable giving scouting analysis or um, analyzing or even being considered an expert I literally always say I'm just a fan that has been following the league for 20 years. And so just by default, maybe I get the unwarranted attention because there's nobody – nobody else in America has been following the league for 20 years with a website. So, I mean, just by default, it comes to me. And so I'm like, okay, I got to be prepared for everything. So I prepped and prepped and prepped. And of course the questions that I was asked, it was not what I was prepped for. So that's why I was just like, Holy cow, much respect to everybody that does live TV or any sort of like interviews, like even the pro athletes. I'm like, I have a newfound respect for you guys that that you're on camera and you got to look like, you know what you're talking about and just have all talking points ready to go.
0: What have been some of the most common questions you've been asked uh, in in this blitz? And I guess while while we're talking about them, like we can just go go and maybe give some thirty second answers to them. So what have been the
1: the common ones that you've been quizzed on? Sure. So what I found it out is that North America loves comparing. They need to have some place to place where these where these teams are and 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 make them kind of compare them to an MLB team and set them. I guess for the American fans that are watching on ESPN where they can maybe find a way to latch onto it. Because honestly, if you're not Korean American or lived in Korea or have gone to Korea and seen the games, you you really have no affinity toward the team because you don't know a lot about the teams or the players themselves. So they're just trying to find a rooting interest of what's something in common. So they're going to say like, Hey, who are the Yankees of the KBO? So for me, I say the Yankees of the KBO, the Kia Tigers, because they have the most championships in the league they have 11 titles the league's only been around since 1982 but Kia has won 11 of those and granted they might not be on the upward traction right now they're starting out a little rough they just got demolished last night by Samsung a little bit rough rough start to this season but they would be the Yankees or another comparison I make they go well you know what are some, about some other teams so then you have the Oakland A's or the Tampa Bay Rays that are kind of like a small market team um, not a lot of money right here in, here in Major League Baseball. Well, the KBO also has one other version of that. It's called the Kiwoom Heroes. They're not—they're the only team that's not owned by a large corporation, so they don't have big money. So then I say, well, they're very trying to be very fiscally responsible, get the most bang for their buck, and they always do. They always get some—they always get some great players, sign some great foreign players, you know, uh, develop very well, use analytics, and then they're all. I mean, that's why they were in the Korean Series last year. They lost, but they were—they made it that far. So um, a lot of the questions are just trying to gauge, like. Who should I root for? Why should I root for this team versus this team? And and so that's what a lot of the American fans have been asking me, or even media has been like, who 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 should we root for? Because they have no basis to go on.
0: Well, then I guess I should let you uh, judge me for picking a team on a whim. I picked KT Wiz, uh, fun name. Uh, you know, I I think like my, my son likes Harry Potter. It seemed to make a lot of sense. What can you tell me about them, and did I make a good choice? Because I think they're one in three right now, so I'm having a little bit of buyer's
1: remorse. Sure. Well, no, that that is a great pick as a as a non expert, non analyst. I have the KT Wiz fighting for their a playoff spot this year, and the funny thing is, they're an expansion team. They've never made it into the play, They've never been in the postseason since they came about in 2014. So they are a new team. They have, a, they have some young players. They, got a very, they have a lot of veteran players, but they have an up-and-coming rising superstar. He plays first base now. His last name is Kong. His first name is Beko, and he can just launch the ball and hammer the ball. He used to be, the, used to be a pitcher. He used to be a catcher in high school. They wanted him to do both coming in. He he tried it out. It didn't work so well. So they placed him in the outfield up until up until this season. He struggled a little bit in the outfield, we'll say, to to say the least. But then um he's at first base, so he's gonna try to turn into that prototypical prototypical first slug in first baseman. And that's a very good pick. I would not worry about this this weekend here. I think the KT Wiz will get it together and make a make a push for their first playoff appearance.
0: See, that's very exciting for me to hear because I Love the playoff structure of the league. I love how it values the regular season so much. I love that. Wow. Wow. Because
1: most, most veteran KBO fans that have just taken to the league, they're not a big fan of that because that it grants that if you finish first, you automatically in the championship game kind of thing. So I I like this different perspective. Like you like it because it's rewarding. You said the regular season.
0: Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I was a guy when I run my fantasy football leagues, I split the money and I give half to the person who won the regular season because, in my mind, excelling over 144 games is more impressive and it's a bigger sample size than something that would happen in the playoffs. And a lot of that goes back to, like, believing that the Premier League in, in England does it right. So, I mean, it's kind of a mix of both, which I think is really cool. Sure. And I can yeah. only imagine the excitement of being a a, a four or a five team and making that run in the playoffs and, and, and just how spectacular that would be. Because in a lot of ways that I think that, again, we're going to go back to Northern Hemisphere here, or yeah. North America here and say that you compare it to March Madness, uh, only it's for a, a, a championship and, and you have major teams that are
1: getting to play Cinderella. So I think that that's really a cool idea. Well, that's that's a very cool perspective that I didn't really come in Thinking like that because i've watched the kbo for so long now i just like i always i i'm not a big fan of that huge ladder structure myself because i think it it why well, like that it places emphasis like you said on the regular season i'm just thinking man that automatic bid just to the championship so basically what happens is so you win the, you win the regular season title you're going to the championship game everybody knows that but for three weeks you're just sitting around not doing nothing, but I mean, you're just sitting around playing inter squad games and practicing, trying not to get injured for that. So there are some criticisms of that because then the team is a little rusty by the time that, you know, three seed maybe comes through or something like that. But I, I really do. I, I really do enjoy your perspective on that because that is that, you know, I never thought of it that way after being, you know, a fan for so long. I'm, I, I'm usually critical of the KBO playoff structure.
0: You might've just taken a little wind out of my sails there because I just had some PTSD on, uh, as a Detroit Tigers fan, remembering the two times that they swept the ALCS, went to the World Series, and then went a combined one and eight. So that didn't work out so well. So maybe, maybe that's because I'm rooting for a team I see they're just
1: slipping into the playoffs. Well, but you're right, it does give to that March Madness feeling because, honestly, so they, they, the KBO just introduced a wild card. Just a few years ago, and the funny thing with their wild card, it actually is pretty cool and innovative because Major League has looked at something like this for possibilities. I, I've heard. Um, so if you're the wild card team, instead of just a one a one game playoff, it's it's a it's a short series, and you're already down in this series one game to nothing. It's the what is it best of best of three series, but you go into that knowing that you're down one game. So if that wild card team loses that game, they're obviously not going to advance but if they were to win that game and tie it up then the series is one one and then to get one more game to survive so it's one way to read it's one way rather than just have a one-off wild card game it's a chance to have a series and i i that part i actually kind of enjoyed because it just you know it gives that wild card team because every team has a bad day so it gives them a chance to to you know get eke out a game and then kind of you know get that little tournament feeling of and we got one more game and we can knock them off and then advance to the next to the next step so we're talking about playoffs that will take months to to down the road before we get
0: there I was just curious to take your temperature on what you think the viability is in retaining the interest that exists early on for this league in America I know that I am I'm interested because it's on and I'm interested too because I'm very pessimistic about Seeing Major League Baseball return this year, so I think it's worth getting invested. What do you, what do you see the long term interest? And in? let's let's say long
1: term is this year, if there's no Major League Baseball. Sure. Well, actually, I'm going to st- I'm going to start out with currently this year. So right now, as a KBO fan, I'm ecstatic that it is on ESPN and that they're showing one game. So each each night, each six nights a week, um, there are five games. In, Korea, in the Korea Baseball Organization, and ESPN is picking one of those games. Now, my question has been now, because currently there is no pro sports here going on in North America, but when pro sports slowly start to come back and, say, example, Major League Baseball does come back, and I, as a Phillies fan, will be ecstatic for that. Um, Carl Ravich, Eduardo Perez, Jess Mendoza, Buk Are they going to want to be waking up at 2.30, 3.30 in the morning to call KBO games when they know that there's major league baseball games going on? And so I've always been curious to see how ESPN is then going to carry the rest of the season because the deal runs through the Korean series, their championship game. So I'm looking forward and curious to see how it's going to play out for the KBO and ESPN, how they're going to get around all that along with trying to put in major league baseball perhaps the NFL coming back the NBA supposedly you know trying to do get get a playoff system in there so um in that aspect I'm curious but in the long term I don't the KBO had nothing to lose by putting themselves this being exposed so like I said I was a communication major to me any publicity is good publicity and so whether those fans such as yourself or anybody else is following just for daily fantasy sports Whether they stick with the league next year or even the end of this year, that's okay. The league expects them probably not to. But even if they just gain one new hardcore or just real fan that says, I want to go to Korea. I want to see the KT Wiz play in person. I'm excited to see what the fan atmosphere is like that I keep hearing about. If they even gain one fan, two fans, three fans, that's one, two, three more KBO fans than they would have ever reached before in their life.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's, there's, there's absolutely no downside for the league. And I think that what ESPN can do is they could always shift these games to ESPN three and also shift the, you know, the announcer docket down to someone a little bit lower on the depth chart and then just have that as an option for people who are, you know, night owls or people who have small children who are going to be up or people who want to watch something in the morning, because I think that that's just, that's just another option. So I, I think it's extremely, low risk for them as well with it with a very high reward um how how do you think that what do you think is going to work for the media and i will include myself in in that for people who run websites people who uh want to talk about this on on sports shouting shows what do you think is going to work in covering this league and what do you think is something that should probably
1: be shied away from sure so Well, this, I I am partially to blame for this. I probably, probably my Twitter account, maybe. So there's been a lot of focus on the bat flips. And I think that's just because the bat flip was so like not common here in the major leagues for a while. It's the, the, the taboo, the unwritten rule. And then all of a sudden I, you know, I started and, you know, people started posting more bat flips coming out of Asia, specifically for me coming out of the KBO. And all of a sudden people – it's like people here in the United States and North America were just mind-blown. They're like, holy cow, you can, like, flip your bat and not get hit or punched? Just, like, because, like, when Jose Bautista, the bat flip heard around the world. I was living in Korea at the time. My friends, Korean friends, were like, why is this such a big deal? The guy just won a huge game for him. He's he's excited. Or Like, they understood the unwritten rules, but it's still, like – they came from a different perspective on that from the KBO perspective. Like you should show your flair. You should show your excitement. They're like, this is the playoffs. Why are you not, if you're not excited, something's wrong. And I'm like, I fully wholeheartedly agree, but for the way the American media starts covering it is I, that I think that's a good entry point into the KBO and just some of the unwritten rules that perhaps do there. But if they keep focusing on that for me as a fan, I want them to focus on some more of the, the the way that it's being played on the field. Um, Like I said, it's not MLB caliber. It's not, you know, if you go in thinking that you're an MLB scout and you're going to, you're going to watch a game, you're not going to enjoy yourself. But if you go in with an open mind and say, Hey, let's watch some baseball. It's the KBO. That's what it is. It's the Korea baseball organization. So I always tell new fans, just don't go in with MLB eyes, basically go in, have some fun. And that's what they do. They, they, They flip bats, but they also have some great great web jams they also have some great defensive plays there's some good skills going on in that league I know nobody likes bunting but there's a couple of good bunners in that league I mean that I mean I know everybody's seen like a bunt king competition that they had at the all-star competition but I mean it's just something that is different it's not the major leagues that's why I enjoy watching it it's just something different so I think if the American media looks at that differences it would it it would help raise the profile not just just the bat flips
0: Oh but you have you have just touched on probably the most sensitive topic in 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 my entire purview and it's it's you talk about how covering this league through bat flips could potentially possibly be a bit re- reductive right because it's there's it's more than that and it's to me I think that the same problem exists when mainstream networks uh try to try to incorporate baseball into their coverage it usually feels a little forced and it's usually about someone flipping a bat or breaking an unwritten rule right. and as someone who grew up playing baseball and loves it and loves the intricacies of it I think that it's such a, a simple device that people use that to me I don't find interesting at all like I don't even have a strong opinion whether you should do it or whether you shouldn't okay. it's like it's more just to me it's not all that interesting you know it's the bat flew up in the air a little bit right sure. and I say that as so as a pitcher who hates sure. it who would hate right. it right but I mean, that's all that it is. Like, if there's no, there's really a really limited amount of entertainment, and I think controversy that exists in it. And I think that it's really been, been milked to to kingdom come. So it's interesting to hear you say that. I think that, I think that it's so cool because if you are. In media, you're a storyteller, right? And you can find angles, and the same angles that would be going on in any league are going to be going on in the KBO. It's just going to be harder to speak authoritative about them. But if you think about it, there's a lot of people giving their opinions that feel like they're not doing the utmost amount of homework anyway, right? That they're just kind of like forcing (laughs) an idea. And I do, and I say that with absolutely no disrespect. I say that, that as someone who could look at the look at the standings, and notice that a team has lost five in a row and see that their pitching is falling apart or whatever and, and build a take off that. So I will be really curious to see if we're in this content and sports oasis, if people are going to start building opinions out of that. And I, I think that'll be pretty niche, but I would I, I don't see any reason why not to do it. I kind of want am interested in in seeing what I can get out of it. And I'm, again, I'm not going to be able to speak very uh, intelligently on it for a couple months, but I think that you can get to a point where you at least have some insight.
1: Right. And that's, I think that's what I have been reading. So I have a little My KBO Facebook group that uh, just generally a lot of the new fans have been like, I wish they'd focus more on the, you know, on the play on the field than these interviews. Um, now, since I've, been on espn i understand why they are doing these interviews to try to give the not like the people that are joining my group are want to step above than just a casual fan because they, they 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 put themselves out there to try to find my group to learn more about the league but if you just got the guy that's waking up drinking coffee and going what am i watching um they're doing they're trying to set it up and from what i'm hearing is then they're going to you know once they get it all introduced to everybody and it becomes a little more familiar then that's when they're going to start focusing on i hopefully hopefully more stories background on the on the players themselves background on like the the teams just just overall maybe more interesting stories than that American fans might find interesting as well and like I said not just on the back flips or the just the you know the cheer the cheering culture which is huge which is obviously not there right now but uh just there's some other stories that you know that every baseball league around the world probably has and that you know it's really hard for them to call it from a monitor and they can't go and talk to the player themselves, but hopefully they start um, pulling in some more of the beat reporters from Korea that speak English. There are a couple I got, I'm friends with them and that they can get these stories and be like, Hey, you know what? That's a good story. Let's talk about like player X and why he's doing this today versus yesterday. Or like yesterday, the other day they sent the umps, they sent an entire umpire crew down to the minors. Like that's a great, that's a great talking point that it just doesn't happen in the major league. So not only can you talk about the differences, but I mean, it's just a point of and then you can look at it analytically. We'll hear some calls that they missed or, you know, this is this is why they're able to do it and this is why they can't do it here. So, I mean, just I hope more of that kind of analysis starts coming through on the broadcast, but I am, again, as, as a fan, I'm very thankful that ESPN is even putting – any effort into doing into doing the games. I saw that they updated their bumper to the broadcast after the first game. So I was like, wow, they're actually like mm-hmm. putting money into like making CGI graphics and everything. So I was like, that, that made me pretty excited. As just a fan, just like they're doing, they're doing some stuff. that I was like, I was, I didn't know what they're going to do.
0: So you dropped a couple names here. Well, you didn't give specifics, but you did say, you know, some beat reporters over there. What is the, what is the media light machine like following these teams? Is it, What you know, I'm going to do the thing again here, so brace yourself.
1: How is it different than how the MLB is covered? Sure. Well, I guess the big thing is, like I said, the league's only been around since 1982. When I started watching the league 20 years ago, uh, just just for TV, let's start with the TV coverage. When I used to watch it, it would literally be like, um, it's 155, 158, 159, boom, the game's on, third out in the ninth innings over, boom games off they return to their their drama or their news there's no post-game pre-game analysis and there weren't as many um sports cable channels now you go to korea they have they have to show five games all five games are played live on um four uh four different sports cable channels the one channel has channel one and channel two like espn it's called spo tv1 spo tv2 that's actually the feed Uh, if you're curious, on the ESPN feed, SPO TV is the one that's feeding the feed to ESPN. And that's why every game you'll see SPO TV on it. But the the pre- and post-game shows over there have taken off. They have um, some of the more popular people on there are honestly the hosts because they use uh, aesthetically pleasing female hosts so that the base the male baseball fans for the most part will find attractive and so they are very popular amongst some of the baseball baseball fans in Korea but then there are some legit reporters uh Jiho Yu he was just on last night's on last night's telecast he has been covering the KBO for the last 15 years in the English language he's like one of the only ones coming out of Korea putting out English content he's a great he's a great follow he has great great information there's daniel kim who's started doing more english language stuff but if you are able to read korean they have their same type of beat reporters they have um the same kind of general news coverage i will say that they're not going to be well maybe i guess some of the mlb.com guys maybe do the same thing they're not going to bring up as much controversial subjects about the teams or maybe even as players, cause they don't want to lose access or ruin that relationship with that team because it's only 10 teams. If you, you know, you make two teams mad, you, you already lost so much, oh. uh, so much access.
0: How, how is that just for beat writers or is it also for like columnists or, or magazine writers? Is there, is there, are there voices like that or that are kind of seen as agitators or is that something that doesn't really exist?
1: For, so I I only know what I read as a fan. So there might be one or two columnists that in the past have, have brought up more controversial subjects. And honestly, the one guy that I'm thinking of, I, I don't see his. I don't know if he moved on, you know, maybe writing something else or something. I don't see his columns being featured as much. So they have their neighbor, which is like their Google type thing. And that's where all the big, big writers, you know, the big columns try to go to. And he'd, he'd have every week or so, he'd have more of it, an investigative piece about something, maybe not maybe not all the good stuff about the KBO, maybe some of the underside, just some of the more, you know, the, you know, the you may, maybe look into somebody's like scandal that they had or something. And you know, what's going on here and, and cause more controversy within the league itself. And so uh, I don't know how other teams in the league thought about that, but as a fan, I think it's always good to put out, not just the good, just don't hear it from the teams. Just don't, just don't be a PR, you know, mouthpiece, but then also just signed. hey, let's find out some of the other stuff that's going on that can maybe better the league overall or just better, you know, the players and, and society as a whole, like, you know, by doing that.
0: Is there any reaction, any sense of pride that the games are being shown over there, uh, over in, in America
1: over there? Or is that something that just doesn't really matter? Oh, no. There is pride, there is amazement. So in the beginning it was kind of like when there was rumored ESPN deal, a lot of people were like, a lot of the fans, they can leave little comments under the articles. And some of the fans that I read were were being very cynical. They're like, why would Americans want to watch our league? Like, because they're very cynical and they're like, we make a lot of errors, or like, why would they want to watch this comedy show? And again, that's maybe the the minority, but just the vocal the vocal minority just posting, you know, on a on a webpage. But then I started to think about it and I was like Korea takes um great pride in doing stuff well and they don't want to probably put out an inferior product because they know they're not going to be the MLB and I think they were worried about scrutiny from around the world and especially North America that you know what this isn't the major leagues why are we watching this this you know this we don't we don't need to watch this and that was kind of their worry about that and and the flip side of that right now I've not received maybe because I'm a specific kbo account but i've not received too much negative feedback on the level of play people have actually been telling me they've been pleasantly surprised by the level of play yeah there's a you know there's like a nine run inning last night but you have that in minor league baseball as well um have that in the majors too i mean so i mean i've not heard anything too negative and so every time i look at the neighbor website which again the big the biggest portal site over there it's been about there's been literally articles about american articles about the KBO. So it'd be like, hey, the Wall Street Journal said this about our league. The New York Times said this. Or ESPN, here's a clip of one of our journalists going on ESPN for the first time. So it's it is getting cover the coverage of the KBO is getting coverage in Korea. That's that's that's
0: really cool. I mean I, I what I would say on that is this is this is delving into something deeper I think that there is a real should be a real sense of pride that they were able to respond to a global pandemic in a way that got them to the place where they could play baseball and something that's like an absolute distant dream to me uh happening in in my
1: backyard so I think that that should definitely be part of it Um, you took the words right out of my mouth because that's what I've been saying too I was like the Korean society as a whole did what they were told to do by the government. They listen, they stay home. They were able to flatten the curve and they're being rewarded. Their luxury is pro sports and they're being rewarded by having pro baseball and their pro soccer league just came back as well. So, I mean, uh, I think they take great pride in that as well, but I think the rest of the world is is now watching them as a, as a country, not just the baseball league and going, wow, maybe we can learn a few things and I hope major league baseball is watching the KBO and going, maybe we should do a few things too. So we can maybe get major. Big baseball back sooner than later
0: yeah and you know i would go so far as to say like i kind of it's small sample size but i kind of prefer some of the stuff that's that happens in the kbo as far as i've noticed that the pitchers don't have overwhelming arms and i don't see a lot of 95 96 i see a lot of movement i see a lot of pitching to contact and then i also heard that errors are more part of the game there than they would be in say like japan but the, the the style of baseball mirrors more kind of what Major League Baseball has has gone toward in recent years, uh, with emphasis on the on the home run ball uh, and being a bit more offensive or oriented. Is that fair?
1: That That is fair to say uh, from people that I talk to that are in the baseball industry, they tend to say that, yes, NPB is a step ahead of the KBO. And as a KBO fan, I agree, but uh, the KBO is closer, probably uh, approximation of the MLB than NPB is. Uh, KBO doesn't quite play as small a ball as the NPB does in Japan. Uh, KBO likes to up until last year, likes to hit a lot of home runs, which, Hey, what did we see in last year in the majors? Um, but since then the KBO has dejuiced their ball supposedly um, uh, last year so home runs were down in 2019 but beginning this season to start off these four first four to five games we're seeing a lot more home runs than we did last year and I don't know if they've changed the ball supposedly they just did a ball test all the balls are now unified by one manufacturer before they were not but they are all they this unified ball all passed the test again and we shall see once it gets hot in the summer to see how many balls keep flying out of the stadiums there in the KBO I think they're trying to do happy medium in between
0: for this last question, I want to go back to something you said at the very beginning, and you talked about your first experience going to a game over there and how it maybe differed from your first Phillies game. And I was thinking about my own experience, first baseball game I ever went to at Tiger Stadium. I remember walking through the concourse, seeing the outfield grass and how green it was. And I was of an age, and this continued for a while, that I treated – that is a cathedral. I treated it as yes. something like religious, as something just I could not even approach, like this godlike thing. And and I don't regret that at all. I think that's a lot of the ways that we're taught to to revere sports from an early age over here. But when I hear you talk about your experience going to the game over there for the first time and seeing it as kind of like a party atmosphere and, and like, hey, I can <laughs> drink underage here, and but there's going to be a party. It's going to be this fun atmosphere. It really rings true to me uh going to my first european soccer game and seeing that it was this totally different thing and i don't know if it was better or worse but it was just different and its difference made me so fascinated by it so i think that would that be a good blueprint for it sounds like that's exactly what you've been doing all these years and and has allowed you to reach maximum enjoyment of both things
1: exactly i don't try to say that the kbo is better than this league or that league i just say it's different and it has its characteristics that make it different and that's what makes it unique and that's why i enjoy it and that's why i will follow then another league or another pro sports league in another country that's not the you know out of north america because i find it unique like hey let me find out more about this i find like yeah, premier league yes i like that but you know what i find it's cool to find out about like I've been watching the, the Sunderland documentary on the Netflix, you know, watching them get demoted, demoted, demoted. And I find it cool because, you know, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I like learning more about a different culture, sports culture, a different sport, sport that I'm used to. And to learn more about the, cool aspects about it and maybe there might be negative aspects about it and I think people can learn that same thing when they watch the KBO because like I went into the I still go to I still get in awe whenever I go past a major sports stadium here in the United States I'm like wow this is wow cool I can't wait to go into the stadium tonight and then when I go to the KBO I have the same words I can't wait to go into this stadium tonight but it's more in I can't wait to go into the stadium tonight because I'm gonna have some fun I'm gonna just like it's gonna be a party it's gonna be College football like atmosphere, it's going to be European soccer atmosphere. I'm going to have a great time tonight. Uh, Maybe not as much awe, but more or less, like, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Let's have some fun.
0: That's been Dan Kurtz of mykbo.net. I will say personally, I can see all the time and effort and energy that you have put into your site. And it's so cool to see that more people are getting to experience this with you. And I think that is really cool because if you didn't care, you wouldn't have been doing it all these years. It's awesome to have see you have this moment and also to hear from you what it means to you. So thanks so much for
1: joining me. Well, thank you for having me on. I hope if you just even watch a little bit of the KBO that maybe you come back in November because they're going to be playing through November. Watch the Korean series. Just say, hey, I watched your new name. And let me just end cap it by watching the Korean series on ESPN because it's going to be a fun season.